1: Schumacher Law Group, when experience matters. Tracy Schumacher is a former prosecutor and former district judge. Whether it's a probate challenge, criminal charges, or contentious divorce proceedings, experience matters. The attorneys at Schumacher Law Group provide compassionate, knowledgeable advice, all while fighting for your best interests. Find Schumacher Law Group online at lawgroupok.com or call 405-701-1882. Hometown lawyers ready to fight for you when experience matters. Are you someone with extra weight and looking to make a lifestyle change? Norman Regionals Journey Clinic is ready to help you get started. We are excited to be one of the only weight loss clinics in the region offering the SPATS balloon, the world's only adjustable gastric balloon
0: and also the gastric balloon with the highest success rate. There are no incisions and no hospitalization, just a walk-in, walk-out procedure. Join the tens of thousands of patients who have changed their lives with a SPATS
1: balloon. Visit journeyclinic.com or call 405-515-2049 to request an appointment. Hey, wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind, like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but prediabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can stop prediabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref for the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and the Ref Army as well, listening worldwide via the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the app store to take The Ref with you wherever you're at on the go. Minden, Louisiana, tuned in today. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. North Platte, Nebraska. Tacoma, Washington. Kansas City, Missouri. Nashville, Tennessee. And our small town of the day for the first time ever. Anadarko, Oklahoma. I did not I did not know if it met the threshold or not, so I checked. Anadarko does meet the threshold. But I uh, appreciate everyone out there listening via the KREF app. Boy, uh, high praise for OU signees just continue to come in uh, a few days after all the practices in the game out there in Orlando. Rivals had a story today, Parker, about teams that should be very happy with the way that its signees performed in Orlando and OU was one of seven, eight teams listed. David Stones mentioned, Eugene Brooks, Daniel Ock and Kumi, Devon Mitchell, Jaden Hardy, and I'll read the whole description here in a couple of minutes, but Rival says, yeah, the OU signees, all of them performed quite well this week. And they
2: did. And you love to hear it if you're an OU football fan. I think what's most encouraging, right, because you expect David Stone to handle his business. You expected Devon Mitchell to be excellent. You expected Jaden Hardy to be excellent. But the performance that you got out of those two offensive linemen, especially because that is the biggest question mark on your football team right now, to have B.J. Brooks – be easily one of the top two linemen there by all accounts and for daniel akankumi to continually hold his own when many figured that he was going to show up and get exposed because he'd never seen competition on that level before man for one that supremely vindicates bill biedenboe and secondly, it gets you really excited about the potential that those guys are going to have to play and to contribute early in an Oklahoma uniform.
1: By the way, speaking of Daniel Locke and Kumi, how awesome was that uh, soundbite yesterday on that video that he posted? Be I, just made a little video. Be I don't know how we incorporate that in the game day inside the stadium, but it needs to happen. It needs to happen, okay? And maybe if there's a live commit on air moving forward for us Parker we just play <laughs> maybe a little video. you know it's our Be Saturday. Marcella. Ah, it's just great. Love that so much from from Daniel Locke and Kumi that's awesome. Now here's here's what Rival said. The Oklahoma contingent was a big one in Orlando with the headliner also living up to the hype in David Stone. He won from the outside, inside and in between and it let everyone know about it working with an intensity that became the example for his team, even in a national setting. The power, athleticism, and motor will translate to Saturdays as soon as the spring. The offensive line group saw a pair of signees make a positive impression in elite interior blocker Eugene Brooks, who may have been the best blocker of the entire events, and international tackle Daniel Okunkumi. Tight end Devon Mitchell is a massive body who can pluck the ball away From his frame and safety, Jaden Hardy worked well in between the margins, registering a pass breakup in the game on Wednesday. So it starts talking about David Stone. And Gorney at Rivals, he ranked the best three defensive tackles that he saw this week. And he had David Stone at number one. Now, I know a lot of people thought that he was already the best defensive tackle to begin with. But in the eyes of people nationally... Do you feel as though people came away from Orlando saying, all right, if I questioned it at all, I saw enough this week. David Stone is the best defensive tackle in the class.
2: Well, you heard it straight from the Gorndog. I mean, who else do you need it from? But no, like in in all seriousness, pretty much everybody that was in attendance that covered that event, yeah, they were in agreement. Regardless of where David Stone ranks for the week on the top performers lists that made the rounds, everybody acknowledged, okay, this dude looks like a five-star. Like, he is every bit the player that he is ranked as and is expected to be at the collegiate level. You pit him against the best of the best in a competitive environment, he is the definition of an alpha. And you don't just see that in the way that he handles those matchups and wins them, but the swagger and the attitude that he has in doing so, man, like – David Stone has the mentality of an All-American defensive tackle. I don't know yet whether he will have the career of an All-American defensive tackle. Obviously, th- that's kind of the expectation that you carry as a five-star prospect, is that you're going to be an All-American type dude. So, But I don't know. I don't know, nobody knows exactly what his career is going to look like at the University of Oklahoma, but what I can say definitively is that that dude carries himself (laughs) and acts like he is an All-American offense. That's been written
1: about, that's all I've seen. No one's been able to mention David Stone after this week and not say, yeah, I mean, he, he, he talked a little bit, but he backed it up every single time as well. What, what did uh, Rivals gave him the, the Walk It, Talk It award yesterday from the mm-hmm. week in Orlando? So that kind of tells you uh, all you need to know about what happened this week. B.J. Brooks on three, they had about ten biggest stock risers from the uh, Under Armour practices in the game, and B.J. Brooks was on that list. I, I guess my question now is, in terms of signees in this class that we can expect to see a ratings bump, well, I, I would go directly to bj brooks that's going to happen the question is how much of a rankings bump is he going to get i mean he's a four star on rivals right now and he's not a rivals 250 player but where could we realistically see bj brooks end up in the rankings when the final rankings is out for this class top 200 is within the realm of possibility i don't think
2: top 150 is out of the question Rarely do you see guys make huge late movements in a cycle. Generally, you know, take, for example, a guy like Peyton Bowen, who just steadily moves up and up and up and up, and then by the end of the cycle he's regarded as one of the top players in the country. Same was true for a guy like Jackson Arnold last year, Samuel Masigo, another dude that just continued to progress his way up the rankings. Rarely do you see guys just swoop on in and make a massive leap right before – the end of the cycle, and the final rankings update. But if there's something that can help a guy do that and could enable a guy to make that kind of a rise, it's a performance like Eugene Brooks had in Orlando. So it would not shock me to see him climb into the top 200 and potentially into the top 150.
1: Lost City Sooner says David Stone needs to get the boss cut from Stone Cold for next season. He could be David Stone Cold.
2: There will be a lot of... I'm with of, it. That's yeah. hard, it. That's his name on Instagram, Stone Cold.
1: Yeah, I, I think he could go with it. I, he he could pull it off, no doubt about that. Cherokee Sooner says, Daniel Aukin kumi needs to do the first down Sooners. Boomer! <laughs> that in a British accent. Uh, oh, my gosh.
2: If would, Danny Lock and Kumi doesn't make the NFL, he becomes the new PA guy at <laughs> Owen Field. Who says no?
1: Uh, I don't think anyone says no. I think that would be uh, I think that would be great. Nine seven eight. How do you think the hire of Zach Alley will impact the other members of that defensive coaching staff with more experience and with existing co-coordinator titles? So essentially, that question is: All right, they just hire this 29, 30 year old kid essentially to be the defensive coordinator. What does Todd Bates and Brandon Hall and some others think of that, that he's going to be the DC? What do they think of it? I
2: mean, I don't know what they think of it. But what I do know is that Brent Venables doesn't make a hire like that without running it by all of his assistants and making sure they're on board with it, right? Venables isn't just going to say, all right, new defensive coordinator. I got. mean, because, look, Bates already has the co-defensive coordinator title. Hall has been a DC in the past, and so – I have to think, knowing Venables, that if he's bringing in Zach Alley to be the DC, which looks like it will be finalized here shortly, that he vetted this with both Brandon Hall and Todd Bates, in addition to Jay Valai and Miguel Chavis, the other two defensive assistants in an on-field role. And made sure that everybody's cool with it, that nobody has a problem with it. I can't imagine that's going to be the case, right? Chavis overlapped with Alley at Clemson, so he. You know, I'm I'm fairly certain Bates overlapped with. Allie as well. Bates has also worked at Jacksonville State in the past. It was before yeah. he was at Clemson. There's a lot of these staff State. members now, so, so,
1: especially with Allie, that have worked uh, with one another in the past. Brandon I mean, Hall yeah, also Brandon Hall worked did at Jacksonville too. State. Yeah, and, and, and Alley was a, a, a GA at the time with some of those others, but they've there's a lot of familiarity right now with the staff, especially with this D.C. hire, for sure. Yeah, so as
2: long as you're keeping it all in the family and making sure everybody's taken care of, which you know the Oklahoma administration and Brent Venables are going to do, wouldn't be too worried about how this affects Todd Bates and Brandon Hall.
1: Uh, Four one seven, State of Missouri. Any chance this hire makes Brandon Hall look to be a defensive coordinator somewhere else? I wanted to bring that up because we just talked about that. I just no, I, I don't. I don't like. Maybe Brandon Hall is a defensive coordinator elsewhere someday. Yeah. But it feels like he's pretty happy right now at OU. And and I'll tell you this: OU doesn't want to lose Brandon Hall. And nope. if, if that was a situation that was had a chance of happening because they hired a defensive coordinator from the outside, then the decision may have been different here. But just go look at what he stockpiled talent-wise, like what his position group has looked like since he's got here and what it looks like for the future. Oh, you don't want to lose Brandon Hall. I, I, I promise you that. He
2: was primarily responsible for recruiting four guys in the 2023 class, his first full cycle on the OU staff. Eric McCarty, Dave McCullough, may he rest in peace, and then two guys by the name of Kendall Dolby and Peyton Bowen. The latter two in particular have turned out to be quite good already. And in the 2024 class, four blue-chip dudes, Reggie Powers, Michael Boganowski, Jaden Hardy, Michael Patterson-McDonald. What other position coach in the nation can say that they signed four blue-chip football players in their position group? There's nobody on the OU staff that can say that in the 2024 cycle, and – The rest of the OU staff, they all did a dang good job. Emmett Jones had an awesome haul. Bill Biedenboe had an awesome haul. But nobody can say that they signed four blue-chip players at their position, save for Brandon Hall.
1: Uh, 24-7 sports, uh, Big 12 Recruiter of the Year in the uh, 2023 class as well. One more. Jamie in Whitehouse says, Has BV and staff reached out to 2025 commits about this? Do you foresee decommits? I don't foresee no. decommits based on this hire, and I'll, I'll even go to – it may not be an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but I'll go back to yesterday, yesterday's show, when we had Zion Reagans on the show. Now, he had been committed for a while, and then there was an offensive coordinator change, and it didn't sound like he had much of a relationship with Seth Luttrell, Joe John Finley. Maybe he talked to him once or twice before, but like Zion Reagans even said yesterday with with us that – That offensive coordinator hire didn't really change his opinion at all about staying committed to OU, and clearly not because he signed. So I I just don't think it always means when you make a change that there's going to be decommits, and I'd be very surprised if that's the case here. Six of your
2: nine commits in the 2025 class are Oklahoma dudes. Two of them are from North Texas in Owen Hollenbeck and Grayson Harris and very, very locked in with Oklahoma. In both those cases, Hollenbeck loves Bill Bedenbaugh. Grayson Harris loves Emmett Jones. And then the only other commit that could possibly reevaluate things based on the hire of a new defensive coordinator would be Kamari Moore, the three-star defensive tackle from Lee Summit, Missouri. Hey, spoiler alert. Uh, Kamari Moore is here today in San Antonio at the All-American Combine. I just talked to him two hours ago. Uh, He is very solidly locked in with Oklahoma, regardless of who the defensive coordinator is. Yeah, I
1: saw a little snippet on Rivals that said that, said as much, like, yeah, Caden Green, he went to Missouri, but he's still locked in with OU. And I mentioned something about Iowa State, like Iowa State pursued him, or (laughs) has pursued him hard. But, yeah, as of right now, still sounds like he's uh, locked in OU. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. What's the latest in the portal? Well,
0: we'll tell you coming up next right here on The Ref. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. Does your banker know your business, the challenges you face, and what makes you unique? At Armstrong Bank, we're dedicated to understanding your business and working alongside you, a true partner for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
1: Locked in with McComas and Thune on this Friday. We're the homeless fans. Keep the texts coming. 405-651-3439 on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. You know, when Geno Vandermark removed his name from the portal, announced that he was going back to Michigan State, I feel like we had the conversation immediately after, like, well, okay, um, they're going to get a couple of portal offensive linemen, but where do they go from here, and and what are some names to throw out? I I guess we'll see. Well, it it feels like we're at that time now. Armage, Reed Adams, Michael Tarquin seem like the two offensive linemen that we're talking about the most. Reed Adams from Kansas, Michael Tarquin from USC. Um, it, it, it's starting to feel like, especially with Tarquin, OU got to feel pretty good about their chances for for both those guys at this point.
2: Yeah, I feel good about OU's chances with Michael Tarquin, and then it feels like it's kind of a heads-up OU-Tennessee battle right now for Armage Reed Adams, so... We'll see what happens there, but as Brandon Drum mentioned last hour when he was on with me and Steely, the expectation is that Reed Adams is going to take a visit to Oklahoma. And I, if he gets to campus, and he will have been to Tennessee before he gets to Oklahoma, so you always want to be the first visit with a portal guy, but it, assuming he makes it to campus – I have to think OU and that staff has a really good chance to make a very strong impression on him and potentially get him committed, because he committed to Emmett Jones at Kansas. Emmett Jones was his primary recruiter, so that relationship uh, is deep-seated and goes back quite a way. I, I don't doubt that Oklahoma could vault into the lead position for Armaj Reed Adams if they get him on campus.
1: It's funny that you say that uh, in the portal you want the first visit, because the way this staff operates, it mm-hmm. almost feels like in recruiting – They want the last visit. (laughs) They want the last impression. But when someone's trying to make a decision within two, three weeks or so, yeah, you want to be the first visit because as we saw earlier this week with Nick Scorton, you may have four or five visits lined up, but after the first visit happens, there's no guarantee of anything else happening after that.
2: Yeah, none whatsoever. And you saw that with Nick Scorton. Right. First visit was to Texas A&M. He had three visits set after Texas A&M. The only visit that happened was Texas A&M.
1: Dave from Mizzou says, please tell me the USC offensive lineman in the portal is the one who did the splits in his pick shoots. The splits? What? Did he do that? I didn't know about a USC offensive lineman that did the splits in his uh, on-campus photo shoot. What was
2: that kid's name? Gosh. He was from Kansas. I think he was a junior college kid. But I know I know who you're talking about. I just can't I just can't remember what the kid's name was. It'll come to me. It was It'll not Michael
1: Tarquin, though. That's that's the that's the important thing. It was not
2: Cooper Loveless. There you go. Cooper Loveless uh, was that offensive I
1: wonder lineman. how the uh I, I feel like I got a pretty good idea, but I wonder how the text line would feel if OU got an offensive lineman that uh has shown on camera that he can do the splits. I wonder, how, uh, I wonder how that would go over. But like I said, I've I probably got a good idea. 405 says, are those guys starters? Talking about uh, both those offensive linemen, Reed Adams and Tarquin.
2: Would they be guaranteed starters? No, I no, think it – well,
1: but... I, I don't know if it's asking if they were starters or will they be starters. Were they starters? Yeah. Will they be starters? Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's still up in the air.
2: Yeah, they starter caliber. I mean, Armas Reed-Adams has a background as a starter at Kansas, and Michael Tarquin, between his time at Florida and USC, has started 28 collegiate games. So both of those guys are highly experienced and could come into Oklahoma and start. You're not taking an offensive lineman at this point, not with where Oklahoma's at. You're not taking an offensive lineman for depth, right? Nope. You're bringing in nope. guys that you have the expectation they are going to at least contend for a starting job right off the bat. You have that in Fabetsi Nwawu and Spencer Brown. There's no reason to take offensive linemen at this point for depth. If you wanted to take guys for depth, you just go get high schoolers because they have more eligibility
1: to work with. Well, and, and really, I think that's, at this point, true for any position um, just because of the numbers of where you're at right now. And I'm sure there will be some processing that happens after spring ball, and they'll clear up some scholarships and make the numbers work. But they're just at a point right now with the numbers that – like, unless you're coming in to realistically compete for the job, it doesn't seem like they're going to have much time for you right now. So, that's uh, – local Ohio says Casey Thompson. Like, you're bringing him in for depth at quarterback, but that's probably not going to cost you a scholarship when it comes down to it. Correct. So, Correct. That's, that's kind of the, the difference there. But on that front, um, just bringing up a couple of offensive linemen there – Elsewhere that's out there, Casey Thompson, we've talked about this for, man, two, two and a half weeks now. Doesn't seem like anything's changed on that front. We're just waiting for a decision or waiting to hear a decision. And then Jake Roberts, I'm going to guess that he's going to take a visit sometime soon.
2: Yeah, again, I I would be surprised if Casey Thompson and Jake Roberts don't end up at Oklahoma. And Casey Thompson's not going to cost you a scholarship. You will spend one on Jake Roberts, but you freed up a spot by letting go of Blake Smith in the transfer portal. So Oklahoma will still have some work to do to get their number back down to 85 by the time the season starts. They've got 89 guys right now, 89 guys on scholarship. So they're going to have to cut that down, but... There are worse problems to have than too many guys.
1: Chapstick says if EPL can't do the splits, he's probably close. You don't have that kind of speed and power without great flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> he would do it with the sunglasses on as well. Uh, Eddie Pierre if he could do the splits, I have no I, I have no doubt about that. Nine One Eight says, "Okay, I don't." Oh, he, he says he did the splits. Does he paint his fingernails and wear pom poms too? Then in parentheses says, "I'm joking." Uh 731 text line reaction. Imagine how Schmitty would react if it was that player. So yeah, we got a lot of people commenting on the offensive lineman who's not coming to OU, but an offensive lineman at USC that uh, maybe did the, the splits in his photo shoot. Which is uh yeah, fascinating. 405 651 3439 is the text line. Some national stuff. It sounds like Bo Davis, the defensive line coach at Texas. Rumors that LSU was heavily pursuing him. Sounds like Bo Davis is going to stay at Texas, and that's a pretty big well win for UT there.
2: That's that is according to Bobby Burton, who was also the guy that said David Stone was a three-star. So take it with a grain of salt. So
1: Bo Davis to LSU then, huh? Report that. Do <laughs> you, you know what I? You know what I think of every time. I bet I'm not the only one. the The first thing I think of when I see Bo Davis's name. Is the uh outburst, the tirade that he had on the team bus after Texas yes. lost to Iowa State in I think that was Sark's first year. Yeah, It was twenty twenty one. It was incredible. It was awesome. Uh I wish we could replay it, but well there's I, I haven't edited all the uh all the bleeps out on it just yet. <laughs> uh guy from Parts Unknown says, You say Thompson is just depth, hell he's one play away from being the starter. That's fair. Yep. That's true. I mean, uh, by
2: that definition though, you got a lot of guys on the roster that are one snap away, one play away from being the
1: starter. Hot Pie says if Casey Thompson comes to Norman, he will be starting by the South Carolina game. <laughs> Dang. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, you heard it here first. Casey Thompson if he comes to Norman will be starting by the South Carolina game. I don't I don't think I'll take that bet. 405 651-3439 is the Kenipa-Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll talk more Portal, more Cruton, coming up next right here on The Ref.
0: The word is spreading, and The Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's The Ref Radio Sports Network. Hey! Final segment.
1: Locked in with Wacomus and Thune, Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you the sour where they have half-price oil changes on Saturdays. Go check them out. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, family-owned and operated. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Uh, a, a, more national things here before we get back to OU. Talia Tagovailoa, to his little brother, uh, he's been at Maryland the past few years. He is in the transfer portal DJ Lagway was named Gatorade National Player of the Year, and Emmett Jones, or excuse me, Emmett Smith uh, presented him with that award once he got to uh, Gainesville yesterday. LV Bunkley Shelton is headed to Georgia Southern, and it was official yesterday. Will Howard and Ohio State are now officially a thing, and one of Will Howard's first comments was talking about that team up north. So he's all all Ohio State now, already calling Michigan that team up north. Best of luck to Ryan Day. Really needs to beat Michigan next year, and maybe counting on Will Howard to do so. Mm. I like.
2: <laughs> I I'm curious to see how the Ohio State media will spin this because, like, he's not an upgrade from Kyle McCord. He's not a downgrade, but he's not an upgrade. He's kind Agree? of just a grade, like that they graded. From Kyle McCord to Will Howard, that is the most lateral move in the history of lateral moves when it comes to quarterback play.
1: Yeah, and he he came on strong when Kansas State won the Big 12 championship a couple of years ago, but that was still a, a big part of Adrian Martinez being at quarterback as well. And Kansas State wanted Avery Johnson moving forward, so Will Howard kind of felt like he saw the writing on the wall. But he's uh yeah he's he's gonna be a Buckeye next year. Crazy, Caden Woolard. Another player that we've been talking about for a week and a half, two weeks now. You know about the nine and a half sacks, the first team all-MAC, all of that. But I saw you put this out last night. The guy can block kicks as well? He's blocked
2: four kicks in his collegiate career. (laughs) Tyler, Oklahoma doesn't have anybody on their roster who's blocked more than two kicks. And that guy is Peyton Bowen, a true freshman. So... I'm trying to think when the last time Oklahoma blocked a field goal was. What springs to mind is on Winfrey in the second overtime. That's the
1: best I got for you, too, man.
2: Or, no, it was the, first, was the first. It might have been the third over. One of those overtimes in the 2020 Red River Showdown. I don't think Oklahoma has blocked a kick since. A, a, a place kick, that is. Let well, that's what I was I'm about wrong. to say
1: is how far do you have to go back to find four block kicks for OU? You know, you know what I mean? Like, do you have to go back a decade? Do you have to go back ten years to find – Four block kicks? I, I I mean, maybe. This This guy's blocked four on his own, and I thought P.J. was going to get one this year. I really thought P.J. was going to get one. And I think P.J. is going to get one at some point in his career, but I don't know, man. Caden Woolard's already blocked four in his career. Maybe you give him a chance next season, potentially.
2: Yeah, man, it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> you know, the guys that can do it, do it. The guys that can't, like, it's hard to turn guys that can't block kicks into guys that can block kicks. Like, it's just kind of a sixth sense type of thing. you got to have the frame and you got to have the length and you got to have the jumping ability to put yourself in position to block a kick, and then you just kind of got to have a feel for where to position your hands to best interfere with the path of the ball. So the fact that Caden Woolard has four blocked kicks, man, you bring in a guy like that that has done that, on special teams in addition to everything he's done as a pass rusher. It's just even more value that a dude like that brings to the table.
1: 918 nine one says, extra point in West Virginia game. We ran back for two points. Was that the last time OU was at West Virginia? That's right, that's right. That's and was right. that the yes. game where RSJ just completely uh, de someone? Is that is that the play? I feel like that was a special teams play uh two two Maybe. seasons ago where he but just yeah, destroyed so I hadn't
2: considered that one I don't it might have been Isaiah Co that actually blocked the kick, but Billy Bowman ran it back against West Virginia. Good point by that listener. That happened a little more than a year ago in November of twenty two.
1: Ohio Sooner says I'm super excited about Caden Wallard. He is originally from a powerhouse in Ohio high school football. I guess where Paul Brown started his coaching career and the Bengals are wow. named after he was first team all Ohio as a junior and senior in high school and has the school record for sacks in single season TFLs but wasn't highly recruited. The kid is tough as nails and I think is the perfect diamond in the rough for BV to turn into a tear off the edge.
2: And he look, he graduated in the COVID year, so his official visit to Oklahoma this past week was the first official visit and only it's official amazing, visit he's ever it? taken. It's and amazing. he's probably probably one of those guys whose recruitment or lack thereof was a casualty of everything that we went through with the pandemic and the lack of exposure that it highlighted for some of those athletes that flew under the radar for a number of various reasons.
1: Yeah. Well, what's been going on in San Antonio? It seems like the Under Armour game in Orlando, at least with five OU signees out there, was maybe a little bit newsworthy, like just in terms of being able to evaluate a couple of offensive linemen and David Stone. But has anything notable really taken place with Nesta or Reagans so far this week? I mean, not so far. I'll
2: be honest with you, Tyler. The All-American Bowl practices compared to the All-American game practices are very boring. Yeah, Very boring. So, we'll see what happens in the actual games tomorrow, but... Orlando has the edge over San Antonio in those games as far as practices are concerned. There's just not a lot happening. Yeah,
1: and and there's some good players out there in San Antonio right now. It just feels like there's (laughs) the elite of the elite was was out in Orlando. You know, it's just kind of what it feels like. All right, that'll do it for Locked In on a Friday. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.
0: You live it. We live it. You need it. We got it. Nobody covers college football better. The Rush, right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans. KREF, Norman, Oklahoma. And streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Ever wonder why someone would wake up at the crack of dawn just for a chance at the unknown? Maybe a better question is, what are you waiting for? Pacifico is brewed for those who follow their own path. That's Living Life Anchors Up.
1: It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings, and with 64 TVs, beer, burgers, and wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the game. So bring the gang and join us this season at one of our 14 Oklahoma locations, including our newest location in Bixby.
0: The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. Yo, that's crazy. From Norman to Clinton, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and And beyond. Whoa, that's a lot of potatoes. And when you're away, never miss a second with the K-Ref app. And it's for anywhere and anytime at all. Search KREF in the App Store on your favorite device. All the Sooner coverage you want, when you need it, with the K-Ref app. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
2: Why? Why do we ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right? The answer to why defines
0: who we are. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see say for my friends. For my community. For my family. For each other. Because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. So why do you see
1: safe?